So one of the things I have learned about this crazy thing called success over the years is a lot of it comes down to figuring out ways to be able to understand what to say yes or no to quickly and easily. And there's one question that I've been using as a metric that has helped me in a really dramatic way lately. In today's riff, I'm going to share that question with you. I'm going to walk you through some examples of how I put it to use in my own life and maybe offer an invitation for you to explore that same thing because anything that makes us understand what to say yes and no to a lot more quickly and easily is something that we all want to do more of and we want in our lives. And in today's Good Life Science update, if you've been listening at all for (laughs) anywhere from a few weeks to a few years now, you know that I am a student of meditation and mindfulness. There's a ton of research that's come out on it, but it's kind of all over the place and we've got a pretty fascinating new study that breaks down the elements of what we're talking about when we're talking about mindfulness and then researches them independently to try and understand how they affect us differently. That's where we're going. I'm Jonathan Fields. This is Good Life Project. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good Life Project is brought to you by Understood Explains, a podcast that's like a beacon for parents navigating the special education system. Hosted by Juliana Urtube, a special education expert, this season is all about individualized education plans, or IEPs. Juliana breaks down complex topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP in a way that's easy to grasp. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains about the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, and I was struck by the balance of empathy and practical advice. It's not just about understanding the system. It's about empowering parents and caregivers to advocate for their children, which is just so important. So I've known a number of people who've had to literally scramble to figure out how to advocate for their kids when the system seemed to just make it so hard to get the support that they need and deserve. So if you're a parent navigating this world or even just wondering if it's right for your family, I encourage you to give Understood Explains a listen. Search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. It's like having a roadmap for a journey you didn't expect, making it a little less daunting. So I don't know about you, but heading into the holidays every year, it can be, some people love this season. Some people want to run screaming away from it. It really all depends. I think it's really important to be conscious of how we each experience it. No matter what though, whether you celebrate or don't celebrate holidays, the time of year, moving into December and moving towards the end of the year 
it's it's kind of a nice milestone to reflect on. And I love to sort of think about asking big questions, trying to understand what has gone well, what hasn't gone well, and also trying to come up with simple ways for me to make better decisions on a daily basis, ways that I can just kind of scan the world, scan the universe of opportunities to say yes or no to something from the smallest little thing to the biggest giant project or endeavor and find ways to be able to take less time, less struggle, less toil in the old noggin to figure out what makes sense to say yes to and what isn't an absolute no. The less energy I can spend on that, the quicker I can make those decisions the happier I'm going to end up being and the more time I get to spend doing the things that truly fill my good life buckets and less time doing the things that empty them. So of course, there are going to be some times where you don't quite know, but I found that increasingly the quality of the questions that you ask determines how often you get to say yes and no and how many of those opportunities actually fall into that gray area where you don't know. And what I've learned is that The better the questions, the fewer the answers fall into the I'm not sure category, and the more obvious the answers become yes or no. So I've been playing with asking different questions. One of the things that I sort of continually ask is, will this fill or empty any one of my good life buckets? Is it in alignment with the values and beliefs that I hold dear? All sorts of stuff like that will allow me to work from a place of manifesting strength. So there's stuff like that, but that tends to, you know, require a little bit more thought. And sometimes I just don't want to think that much. So I keep trying to shorthand and shorthand and shorthand. And there's this question that I've been asking myself as of late that, at least for me, has been doing a really good job of taking about two seconds and getting a pretty immediate answer with very few I don't knows. I don't know if this will help you or not, but I know it's helped me, so I wanted to share it. And that question is really simple. I ask myself, what would success do? What would success do? Right, we all define success differently, but we all have a sense of what it is. You know, whether it's professional, whether it's life, what would a successful life do? What would a successful, you know, like career do? What would successful relationships? But I find that I don't even need to break that down, that I can literally just pop that question into my head and I get an answer pretty quickly. So let me give you a few examples of how that would work as I kind of navigate a single day, because maybe that will help you see where these questions or this one question, really simple question might inform how you say yes or no to something, right? So starting when I first open my eyes in the morning, right? I wake up and next to me is a table. And on that table sits a device that has been charging at night. A device that can be evil or a device that can add greatly to my life. Now I roll over generally. And uh, if my wife is still in bed, I'll give her a hug and a kiss and say good morning. And then as I get out of bed, uh, I pick up that device, right? Now I could do a lot of things with that device right then. My first thing is I'm going to look and see what time it is because I kind of want to know where I am in my morning, right? 
But once I have it in my hand and the screen is open, right, and there are any number of different things that I could do, right, how I make that simple decision actually sets up my day. And if I want a successful life, it starts with the very first decision, right? So I look at the phone and I'm thinking to myself, hmm, I see that email icon. If I I could just tap it, pop it open. And then I ask myself, what would success do? The answer is really obvious for me. In this case, success would not click on the email button because clicking on the email button means immediately surrendering my day to being reactive, starting with the multiple agendas of everybody who has dropped an email in my box over the seven or eight hours that I've been sleeping. And I start my day being reactive rather than intentional. Success is not reactive. Success is intentional. So that would be a reactive choice. Success would not pop open my email and read it because that sets the tone, not just for the next five minutes, but for the rest of the day. So if I look at that icon and ask myself, what would success do? The answer is easy. Success would not hit it. Success would get up from the bed. Success would go out into my uh, apartment. It would be to find my meditation cushion before everybody else is up, sit down, and then look at my device again, tap open the app that I use to sit in meditation, Insight Timer, by the way, which is an awesome app for anyone who's thinking about it. And then I would sit and I would do my five minutes of uh, pranayama or breathing exercises, and then I would do my mindfulness practice. That is what success would do waking up first thing in the morning, right? Now from there, I could say to myself, okay, so now I'm moving out into my day and I'm sitting down, right? I'm, I've showered, I'm up, I'm kind of ready to go. I'm sitting in front of my computer, right? And I open my computer. And there are any number of things I could do now. I could check email. I could check social media. I could, you know, like check the stats for the podcast, which of course I occasionally obsessively do. Success does not always win there, right? But with each one of those things, I can say to myself, what would success do, right? So what I do generally is I have on my browser, on the top of it, a couple of, you know, like, sites that are sort of things where I will scan them very quickly for no more than a minute at a time. I will open my email and scan to see if there's something that is urgent that I need to respond to. And if there isn't, I will move on. I will check my stats. I'll check my podcast stats. I'll check different things. I'll see what's happening in the app. And I'll very quickly scan the news of the morning because I want to feel informed. And also because it may give me something to think about as I move through the day or comment on right? What I won't do is dive into social media. I will limit the the time that I have sort of scanning for urgency to just, you know, about five minutes. And then I'll move on because when I ask what would success do, success would not dive into all of those individual things and get caught up and then emerge at noon realizing that I've spent the first four hours of my day massively reactive and not done the things that would be successful in my life, right? I look at my phone, I look at social media, I look at the different platforms, but anytime 
I get tempted, you know, to take a break and go scan stuff. I look at my phone and I'm like, ooh, I see the Instagram out there, right? And I ask myself, what would success do, right? Now, I may just need a little bit of a break, <laughs> but, you know, my question is, what would I do with that? Would a successful life sit there and spend 20 minutes lost just scanning a stream on social media? Or would success, the way I define it, have me sitting on a couch with my wife having a conversation? Would it have me trying to eat something that was nourishing and whole food based? Would it have me getting up from my chair, going out for a walk around a couple of blocks to get my body moving? What would success do? So it's, it becomes sort of like a guiding question as you move through the day, right? If you're hanging out at night after a long day of stuff and you're thinking to yourself, Ooh, you know, I'm watching a show, which is fine. And you notice that you're halfway through the season, right? And you notice that your Netflix or Hulu or whatever it is, is set to automatically feed the next episode to you in the next four seconds, right? And you ask yourself, what would success do? It's 11 o'clock at night. You know that you do better when you go to sleep between 11 and 11.30. Success would hit off, get ready for bed and go to sleep knowing that that episode is still going to be there for you tomorrow or the next day or the next day. So these questions can kind of like very quickly short circuit the urges to do things that would be, quote, anti-success. And again, I don't define success for you. I'm not telling you it's money or power. I'm not telling you it's relationships. I'm, I can tell you what it is for me but we all have to define it in the way that is meaningful to us, right? So think about that as you move through your day, as you weigh the projects that are on your plate currently, as you weigh the tasks that you have to do. If a phone is ringing and you look at the number, right, and you're not sure whether to answer it or not, ask yourself, what would success do? If an email drops into your inbox and you're not sure what to do with it, ask, what would success do? If a text comes in to your phone and you're not sure what to say or whether to respond right away or at all, ask yourself, what would success do? Because a successful life is an intentional life. And when we ask the question before we act and let that guide our yes and no and then our behavior, we spend way more time filling our days with the actions that lead to an intentional, better life rather than the actions that are autopilot default and not leading to a successful, happy, meaningful, joyful, connected, fulfilled life. That's my invitation. Play with it. Try it on. Take just a day and ask that question as you move through your day and see if it makes a difference. And then if you feel that it does, share those experiences with me. You can find me pretty much all over at Jonathan Fields on social. And of course, I may or may not be checking because at any given moment, <laughs> I'm going to be asking myself, what would success do? So really excited because this kind of ties in an interesting way to our Good Life Science update, which deconstructs mindfulness and the research around it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite 
of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good Life Project is sponsored by Lexus GX. So have you ever owned something that inspired you to just up your game? For me, it was this high-end mountain bike. I love the ultralight frame, the suspension, the precision gearing, and I realized it deserved to be ridden to its full potential. So I started training harder so I could experience the joy it could give back to me. And it paid off. That bike helped me discover just new levels of performance and straight up joy. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Imagine tackling rugged landscapes with the available 33-inch all-terrain tires and multi-terrain select, then unwinding with the available front-row massaging seats. This is a vehicle that inspires you to go further to live up to its full potential. So why settle? Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. And we're back as always with today's Good Life Science update. For those who are new to this particular segment, I am a geek. I am not a trained scientist, but I love science and I'm constantly devouring research and studies and trying to figure out what's going on underneath this human hood. Why do we do the things we do? How does the world affect us, our mindsets, our health, our well-being, and our ability to live good lives? And I love to share some of the research that I stumble upon in my adventures. Um, As always, we will include in the show notes, if you're interested, for fellow geeks, a direct link to the fuller study report so that anyone who wants to dive into the details can go and check it out themselves and see how the study was done. Today, we are talking about some pretty cool new research on mindfulness, and it comes out of Brown University some researchers there. And the name of this particular study is is entitled Dismantling Mindfulness-Based Cognitive Therapy, Creation and Validation of Eight-Week Focused Attention and Open Monitoring Interventions with a Three-Arm Randomized Controlled Trial. I think science people probably need to get better copywriters for the titles of their pieces. Nonetheless, this is a really interesting study. So if you followed any of the research on mindfulness over the last decade or so, 
what you'll know is that there has been a mountain of research being done on mindfulness. From that research, we have seen all sorts of claims being made, everything from you know, improved state of mind, reduced um, depression, anxiety, increased mood, positivity, optimism, decreased risk for disease, inflammation, all sorts of different things that in some way are connected with different studies that have been done on this thing called mindfulness. A lot of it came out of uh, one of the earliest sort of more clinicized interventions by John Kabat-Zinn, who developed something called mindfulness-based relaxation therapy. And that was kind of stripping a lot of mindfulness-based practices from Buddhism, kind of taking the any anything that wasn't sort of clinical and accessible by anybody out of it, making it very mainstream, and developing it into a step-by-step progressive eight-week clinical experience. And the research around that has been pretty in-depth. And the outcomes have been pretty tremendous. But there is a but here. There's a challenge with all of this research around mindfulness. And by the way, I am a devout mindfulness practitioner. I have a daily practice and I have for many years now. The interesting thing is I've actually been thinking about the practice and and realizing that in my own practice, I don't have a single mindfulness practice there are a variety of techniques that I explore within my practice on a daily basis. And I've noticed over the years that those things train different capabilities and different states of being within me. And the collective effect of those is really powerful. But I'd never seen research really break out those different elements until now. And I think that's really awesome because when we talk about the research on mindfulness, And then we talk about how it's all over the place very often. Part of the reason for that is because when we talk about mindfulness, nobody's really talking about the same thing, right? There are very few people have broken out the sort of sub practices of mindfulness and looked at each one independently. And that is exactly what these researchers have done. What they've done is they've taken an eight-week mindfulness-based cognitive therapy intervention. And they've said, okay, so within the context of this intervention, it's not just one practice that you do every day. As a general rule, there are two sort of major categories of practice that tend to dominate these interventions. And they call them open monitoring or sort of noticing and acknowledging feelings uh, or thoughts as they come up, um, not judging them. And then the second one is called focused attention. Now, I've used similar terms, and you may have heard it in prior conversations on the podcast. I've very often used the phrase open presence, which would be the same thing as open monitoring, and focused awareness, which is the same thing that they're calling focused attention, which is basically maintaining a focus on a particular thing and disengaging from the negative emotions. Now, these are really different things, right? So open monitoring is the practice of essentially sitting and rather than focusing on one particular thing like the breath and the sensation of the breath, you're just sort of opening yourself to notice everything, to monitor everything, to see, to hear, to feel. And the practice is allowing yourself to let everything in and then practicing letting it go practicing dropping it, right? Whereas a focused attention or focused awareness practice is much more about training your awareness or your attention 
on a particular kind of neutral anchor. Breathing is the one that's most often used. And using that as a way to sort of train your ability to hold your mind where you want it to be and knowing that there are other thoughts or emotions that may come up or distractions, things like that, but you keep training it back on your breath. So you gain the ability to direct your attention. So one is you know, fundamentally about opening to all sensation, not focusing, letting it all in, and then practicing letting it all go. And the other is about training your attention on a very specific sensation or anchor and allowing that to kind of be the center of your thought. And when other things intervene, training your mind to come back to that one thing. As a general rule, most mindfulness research has focused just on the general category of mindfulness and not split these two out into different things. This particular study actually split them out. So they split a group of people into three different groups. One spent eight weeks training only in an open monitoring style one spent that time training only in focused attention, and one did more of a classic mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, which blends them all, kind of smushes them all together. And the question was, do these two techniques train you differently? Do they create different outcomes? Or do they fundamentally just kind of like work in the brain the same way and teach you to do the same thing? And the cool thing is, not surprisingly, but very cool to see validated in the research, these two techniques actually do train two different skill sets or capabilities. And I felt this in a really powerful way in my own practice and in those who I've worked with, but it's nice to see this actually appear in the research. So kind of setting up the big experimental question, lead researcher Willoughby Britton, who's an assistant professor of psychiatry and human behavior at Brown, quote, said, it's been long hypothesized that focused attention practice improves attentional control while open monitoring promotes emotional non-reactivity, two aspects of mindfulness thought to contribute to its therapeutic effects. And he continues, however, because these two practices are almost always delivered in combination, it's difficult to assess their purported differential effects by creating separate, validated, single-ingredient training programs for each practice, the current project provides researchers with a tool to test individual contributions of each component and mechanism to clinical endpoints, end quote, which is sort of a fancier way of saying we split it into two practices and tracked whether this actually gives you two different skill sets. At the end, it turns out it does. So here's what they actually found. Turns out the focused attention only group reported that they had a much greater increase in the ability to, quote, willfully shift or focused attention. And the open monitoring group actually had an increase in the skill of being non-reactive to negative thoughts. Two similar but different skill sets. And the cool thing about that is combine them and it allows you to focus your mind where you want it to be and let go of negative thoughts and ideas and stimuli and emotion and be more intentional and less reactive to the life around you, which is pretty super cool because I have come to strongly believe that life is attention. And if you 
harness the ability to be able to direct your attention to where you want it to be, to positive, intentional, constructive things, and gain the skill, you know, the ability to let go of reactive responses and negative thoughts and emotions, that you have the ability to then direct your attention at things that are positive, uplifting, and nourishing. And when your attention lies there, there lies your life. So really interesting research. And I'll tell you that in a kind of an odd quirk of coincidence, I have been experimenting with stripping these things out in my own personal practice. So I actually alternate. On one day, I will do a sitting practice that is primarily focused attention based on my breath. And on the next day, I'll do a practice that is primarily open monitoring based, which is more expansive, allowing and letting go. And I found that it's actually started to affect me in different ways. So something to think about as you um, explore this idea of mindfulness and something that helps us deconstruct what we mean when we talk about mindfulness, split it into two major types of practice approaches and see how each affects us in a different yet complementary way. Play with that. I hope that is interesting to you. As always, we will um, include a direct link to the study report for those who want to go deeper and excited to be back with you next week to share more fun riff type of things and, as always, science updates. I'm Jonathan Fields, signing off for Good Life Project. Hey, thanks so much for listening. And thanks also to our fantastic sponsors who help make this show possible. You can check them out in the links we've included in today's show notes. And while you're at it, be sure to click on the subscribe button in your listening app so you never miss an episode and then share the Good Life Project love with friends because when ideas become conversations that lead to action, that's when real change takes hold. See you next time. Good Life Project is sponsored by Lexus GX. So have you ever owned something that inspired you to just up your game? For me, it was this high-end mountain bike. I love the ultralight frame, the suspension, the precision gearing, and I realized it deserved to be ridden to its full potential. So I started training harder so I could experience the joy it could give back to me. And it paid off. That bike helped me discover just new levels of performance and straight up joy. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Imagine tackling rugged landscapes with the available 33-inch all-terrain tires and multi-terrain select, then unwinding with the available front row massaging seats. This is a vehicle that inspires you to go further to live up to its full potential. So why settle? Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.